I'm delighted to invite Rachel uh, to come and speak to us. And um, this is the first time Rachel's, you know, done a preach. So we're just going to pray for her now. And we're going to be really nice to her this morning, um, as I'm sure you would be anyway. But um, yeah, I'm just going to pray for you, Rachel. Father God, we thank you so much for Rachel. Thank you for uh, the witness she is. Uh, to you, to your goodness in her life, to your, uh, your faithfulness. Thank you, that, thank you for her faith. Thank you that her faith that, that is, uh, is solid and it's, it's because it's built on you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that we um, might catch something of, of Rachel's faith this morning. It might be contagious to each one of us this morning. Something of that knowledge of you. Uh, Lord, we want to, to, to catch it this morning in, through uh, Rachel's words and her attitude. So, Lord, we just ask you to bless and we pray for your anointing now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful. Lou Clark, you're going to be up in a minute just to give you one. No, I'm just teasing. Um, good morning. Um, it is really a, a privilege to stand here this morning. And um, Deborah and I have been talking about me speaking, and she very bravely gave me free reign. And, um, and so I wanted to talk about the kindness of God. And because I find it compelling, utterly compelling. And I see a world around us that craves kindness. And that is truly, that there's a surging up of a desire for kindness. So my motives this morning are, one, I want to testify about God's um, kindness in my life. And that is a really strong motivation this morning, is to tell you how good he is and how kind he is and how he never lets me down. So I'm going to do that. But we're going to explore kindness and um, what we see of it in the world around us, a little bit about how kindness might work, the mechanics of kindness. I've got a bit of a thought to share with you. Then looking at how we know that God is kind through what we see in the Bible. And then an invitation really, to experience more of his kindness um, in our lives. So that's, that's my motivation. And um, yes, and I'm a bit nervous. So, but I'm in family. This is my family. And I'm going to start by telling you a tiny bit about, about me. And um, so you don't have to do any sums. I'm 53 years old, because I'm going to give you some dates in a minute. Um, I've been following Jesus for a long time, but I would pinpoint the, uh, my real encounter with him in person when I was about 16 years old and was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I've been following him for 37 years. I've been part of this church for 34 years. I came here. Um, I feel quite emotional about this. Um, on my first Sunday as a student. And here I am, <laughs> 34 years later. And I'm so thankful for, for this church. It's been our family. It's been the place where we've grown up, Graham and I, my husband of 30 years. Um, it's where we've, we've... <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, he's looking worried. <laughs> he doesn't like to tell you on how, anyone how old he is, really. Still thinks he looks 24. Um, but. It's a place where we've grown as a family, where we raised our children, where 
Um, we have been loved and nurtured through the ups and downs of life. It's been a safe place for us. And I really want to express my appreciation for that. And that is a gift from God. It's the kindness of God. Um, I loved hearing, Maggie, you know, a bit about the community garden. We see the love of God through the Seamills Community Initiatives, the cafe on the square. What an outpouring of God's love and kindness into this community. You know, the, the noise, there's just innumerable, the work in schools, innumerable examples of how this church shows kindness. And I love that. I love it. And I think it's desperately what our world needs. So I'm really, I'm really thankful for those things. And I would say that God has been faithful where I have not. God has been consistent where I have not. He is the firm foundation on which we build our lives. And at the age of 53... I really solidly believe that and um, hope that might be an encouragement as I've moved from a young mum to feeling like a bit more like a mother in the church. Um, so that's, that's sort of some of that motivation. And then more recently, I've had the utter privilege of seeing the kindness of God poured out into the lives of my friends in very significant ways. And many of you will know Jill Willoughby's story about her healing and, and, uh, and freedom from cancer. And I'm so grateful to have had a ringside seat and supported her through that and seen the kindness of God. And then my lovely friend Roz, through whose story I have learned that God leaves the 99 to go after the one. And the absolute... Um, his pursuit of her and the kindness that he showed has really taught me even more about the kindness of God. So I'm really thankful, and I'm really thankful for this church and this community and uh, for the family that God's given me. So that's my motivation. And um, I wanted to, I, you know, in thinking about this, I think we see a desire for kindness around us very significantly. So many of you will know this wonderful book by Charlie Mackesy. And it was published in 2019. And I, if you haven't got a copy, you need a copy in your life. It is the most beautiful articulation of our humanity and of the importance of vulnerability and being seen and being valued and of kindness. And, and this book has sold over 8 million copies. It's, got, it's been in schools, it's been in hospitals, it's informed, it's changed, it's had such a significant impact. It was turned into a film, an animation, it won an Oscar for it. It has the most profound impact. And, um, you know, I know, Graham, I'm sorry to do this, I'm going to say, you, Graham sent this to a colleague who was having a really tricky time, and she just cried because it showed her, one, that she was seen and that somebody cared, and that it just touched something in her that was really profound. And I think that's what kindness does. It is a most remarkable and beautiful thing. So the lovely Charlie Maxey. Then there was um, a study done in 2021, the world's largest study of kindness. And 60,000 people responded to this. It was done by uh, BBC Radio 4 in partnership with the University of Surrey, I think, or Sussex, one of the two. And um, it was quite an extensive questionnaire which really explored kindness and looked at various dimensions that might impact kindness. And I've got a couple of slides here which have just, I'm not going to read out, but just some of the, the findings of what people said. And just to pull out a couple, one is 
there, it's very common. Kindness is very common, and we see it all the time. Kindness is good for our well-being. It's good for our physical and mental well-being. Um, and the one, I, the one I particularly liked, that I'm going to say with Graham in mind, is people who talk to strangers receive more kindness. You see, I'm from Liverpool and he's from the South. And in Liverpool, we talk to anybody and it's wonderful. And you just find people and you just connect with them. You have conversations with them. Wonderful acts of kindness. So I was delighted to see that one. That's for you, Graham Clark. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and in my professional life, and what I do for a living is I basically make organizations better. That's, that's what I do for a living. Kindness is everywhere. I mean, I could give you example after example of organization mission statements, value statements that include kindness. There is compassion everywhere, compassion-focused therapy, compassionate leadership. There's just, it's, it's something that has really captured and feels like it's growing. And I think that's wonderful. Um, and of course, uh, and what I wanted to do is just actually read a, a, a quote from the author of that study which I think is really profound. It says, human beings have a predisposition to exhibit kindness to other people. And that was Robin Banerjee. And I think, a, you know, a predisposition. And what we believe is that predisposition comes from the God of the universe, who we are made in the likeness of. So we'll come back to that in a minute. And I thought, I was interested in what I've called the mechanics of kindness. I thought kindness, that you can break it down into different components. So the first is noticing somebody's need and um, understanding what might be going on in their lives. And the, the study of kindness said, well, often you know that because somebody asks you. Um, and, and so that's one way in which we know how somebody is needing. But we often notice, don't we? We notice how people are. We notice what's going on in their life. And we have a choice about how to respond. So then the motivation for expressing kindness. And these are some of the things that uh, the, st the study said. Empathy, compassion, love, sometimes obligation. Um, but that, that can be the motivation for um, kindness, acting. And then finally, the decision to act. And, and the... The scale of how people show kindness varies. It could be small, it could be large, it can be a kind word, it could be cooking a meal, it could be something more profound, giving. It can cost or it can cost nothing. And it will variously be inconvenient or convenient to us. So just thinking about those steps of kindness. But I think probably the most important, well, I don't know if there's most important, but I think there's something that's very profound about being seen and notice, and somebody noticing that you have a need. And so that, that made me think, well, what do we know about God and God's kindness? And I, I think the first thing is that we know that God sees us. He sees us individually, uniquely. He knows exactly where you are. If you feel lost, he doesn't think you're lost. He knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what's on your mind, what's in your heart. 
and he sees you. And I was thinking about Hagar, who was running away from being poorly treated, back in Genesis, poorly treated by Sarah. And she encounters an angel of the Lord and who helps her, who rescues her, encourages her to go back. And she says, I've seen the God who sees me. And I think the most profound thing is being seen and it's life transforming. And then the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, who Jesus met, you know, he shouldn't have been talking to her. She had no reputation. She was a Samaritan. He shouldn't have been talking to her, but he talked to her. And he was kind to her and he told her where she was and who she was and he could see what she'd done and she was transformed and she ran back and said come and see the man who told me everything I ever did so I think the most profound thing really is that Jesus sees us and he knows exactly where we are and what we need and then what we um oh hang on have I gone back let's go back uh, so I've got these in the wrong order, forgive me. This is the one. So Jesus, so the first thing is we know through the Bible that God sees us. He sees us individually. And then Jesus is the embodiment of kindness. What's interesting is if you look at how kindness or kind occurs, the word occurs through the Bible, there's about 66 in the Old Testament. There's one word for kind, there's one expression of kindness, the word kindness in the Gospels and about 16 in the New Testament. And I think that's because Jesus is the embodiment of kindness. And we see multiple examples of where he saw a need and responded. So I've put some in here, you know, turning water into wine. Isn't that just an act of grace? That was for a party. I mean, really, that's wonderful. But the feeding of the 5,000, he was surrounded by people who were hungry. And as well as wanting to teach his disciples a bit more about his glory and the kingdom of God, he fed 5,000 people. We see multiple examples of physical healing. And it says that Jesus had compassion and then healed. So he saw people and he healed. We know there's examples of raising the dead. We can see examples of freedom. So we see the man who was living in caves um, with superhuman strength, but out of his mind, possessed. Jesus frees him and restores him. And this last one I put, restoration, but I think it's forgiveness, really. The prodigal son. The one who'd said, actually, I'm going to take my inheritance now, I'm going to go and spend it, but comes back to the Father and is received with open arms. So really, really profound um, uh, expression of forgiveness. And then, of course, Peter being restored after he denied Jesus. So I think Jesus is how we know that God is kind. And in Colossians, it says that he is... Uh, the, the son is the image of the invisible God. He is the exact representation of the father. That's how we know that God is kind, because we see it in Jesus. So that's the first thing, that I think Jesus, God sees us and he is kind, and he's demonstrated that through his word. And I suspect that each one of us, and we'll have a little conversation about this in a minute, have got examples of where we have experienced the kindness of God. And I'm just going to give you one example that shows, I think, this sort of generosity. We often think maybe God only acts if it's a really worthy need. And one of the things that I think is enormously kind is 
Um, Graham and I, after our, our second child was born, we wanted to go and live in another country for a year. And um, we didn't want to be missionaries. We, it wasn't like it was a mission-focused trip. It was we wanted to live in another country and experience life and have that time as a family. And um, it's, it's a wonderful story of grace. But essentially, only we went to South Africa. We went to a school near the Drakensberg Mountains in South Africa. And it was the only school that responded to the request that Graham made about doing a teaching exchange. And so we went out to this school with our four-and-a-half-month-old and our two-and-a-bit-year-old and experienced the greatest kindness that, that we could have imagined. And it was, it was a total gift. It was not because it was a worthy ambition. And I just want to say that, that sometimes we, you know, and I think God is so gracious. That's why the turning into wine is so wonderful, because actually it wasn't like it was a life-threatening, life-requiring action. So that's, that's that story. Now, I've got these in the wrong order. There we are. Okay. So, we know that um, God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. He has always, since the beginning of time, desired a relationship with us. He has desired to know us. He knows us. It says in um, Psalm 139, he designed us in our mother's womb that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He created us to have a relationship with him. But we can't do it on our own because he is so uh, perfect and sinless and sin-free and we cannot, we cannot achieve his standards. We can't do it on our, on our own. And I love this scripture in Titus which um, says that, but when the kindness and love of God our saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And it is his mercy. It is nothing to do with us, but he has made a way for us to be saved and to have freedom and to know him and be loved with him and uh, by him and to be in his family. So it's a profound thing. And just a couple more verses. So he demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, so this is not contingent on us. It's all about him. He came and died for us. So we have the invitation for salvation. So that's how we know that God is kind. He saves us and he went to extraordinary lengths to achieve that salvation. And then the last reflection on how we know God is kind, and there are many that we could reflect on, so it's not exhaustive, um, is that he wants the best for us. So there are some... So in Ephesians, it says the fruit of the Spirit. God takes us, he saves us, but he wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He wants us to look more like Jesus. The only way we can do that is with the Holy Spirit. And that as we have more of the Spirit in our lives, he is able to show his character through us to the world that is desperately, desperately in need of his love and kindness. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, um, and, and actually, this, this oh no, uh, so I've lost, I've lost a, a, a slide, but there is a lovely, uh, that, the, the example in the Gospels where, you know, Jesus says that he prunes branches 
that are not bearing fruit. He wants us to change. He wants us to grow. He wants us to become more like him. Thank you very much indeed. Um, so he doesn't leave us where we are. He changes us. He moves us forward. We're designed with a purpose. You are designed for a purpose. I am designed for a purpose. And I want to fulfill that purpose more deeply and more faithfully. And I can only do that with the Holy Spirit. And he, he is changing me to do that. And I'm very thankful for that. So I, um, I want to go back to this slide about the mechanics of kindness and think about if we overlay what we know about God onto the mechanics of kindness, how, what does that look like? And I think it's quite profound because I think if we, if we notice people, if, if God, who is for everybody, he is not partisan. I suspect if we went back to the study of kindness and said, who do you show kindness to? Most of, mostly it would be people that we like, people who look a bit like us. This sounds a bit cynical, I don't mean it to, but you know, we, we are drawn to help people that, that we like and can help. And um, I think Jesus raises the bar and he says, actually, you've got to love your enemies. You've got to show kindness to your enemies. That's the only reference to kindness in the gospels is when Jesus says, you have to show kindness to your enemies. That raises the bar significantly. But I think most importantly, we know that God sees us and he sees the people that we meet and encounter and he wants to respond to their needs. I think if we then look at motivation, love is the principal motivation. So we sort of change the order of what, it, what motivates um, us to show kindness and we, and we act out of gratitude for all that we've received because God has showed great kindness to us. And we want to serve him. So it changes the motivation for how we, uh, how we want to respond. And then the size, cost, and convenience. I haven't changed that at all, but I think that God tells us that he values the small things. You know, the sheep and the goats. Um, whoever, does, whoever shows kindness, whoever turned up at prison, whoever gave some, somebody something to eat, clothed somebody who didn't have something to wear, is showing that kindness to Jesus. So he values the small and the big. He values the kind word, the cup of tea that's made, the gesture that shows that somebody cares. And so I just want you to, with the person next to you, just have a think about an example of kindness that you've received. I'd love it if it was about Jesus, but if you don't feel comfortable about that, think about some, a profound impact of that somebody who has seen a need um, and responded. How, what was the context? How did that make you feel? Um, and what was your response to that? So just give some thought. If you can make it about God, that would be amazing. But just reflect, and, um, and you can see whether that, the mechanics of kindness works for you. I'm interested. Just take a minute.
so, so lovely people. That was um, a lovely lot of noise, which I'm going to take as encouragement that you had plenty to talk about and reflect on. And I think there is something that is so important about remembering, remembering what God has done for us and wanting to be more like him and to, to, to show that to other people. So just the final thing is a bit of an invitation and um, our worship band might want to come back up um, because um, my response to um, the kindness of God is to want to worship and to say thank you and to honour him. But you might have other ways that you want to um, respond this morning. If you are not convinced that, um, you know, if you've found, you've heard something about Jesus that makes you want to respond to him and believe, then we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to come and speak to Deborah or myself or Dave and um, and tell us that you've made a decision about Jesus. It's an invitation to be really seen by the living God who loves you more than any other and wants to meet your needs and has the infinite resources of heaven. There is nothing too difficult for him. And then to an invitation to tell somebody about Jesus' kindness. And um, it is a profound thing that we have to be able to, to and nobody, it's our story. You know, it's a, this, is the, this is the kindness of God in my life. So maybe we could stand and um, move into worship. <laughs>